Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. I have got uh, a question here from Tony Long. He says, Jay, I enjoy your podcast. Thanks for doing it. I've been listening to a lot of the Coos Deer uh, episodes. I have a question. My wife has a late 21 December Coos Deer tag, and I'm trying to figure out the best pr- way to prepare for that hunt. And Tony, what I would tell you, like I would tell uh, anybody else that has a late December coos deer tag, the question you ask is how the best way to prepare for that. And I don't quite know if you mean gear or if you mean uh, how to scout and how to prepare for that uh, as, as, as far as looking for areas to hunt. But uh, in general, what I would tell you guys out there, and um, I'm just uh, driving down the road here, so... Um, uh, but what I would tell you guys is, so you've got a cooster hunt. It's a December tag. I'm assuming that Tony is talking about uh, a December tag that, uh, in essence, uh, starts uh, kind of that mid-December time frame and goes all the way to uh, through the month of December. So what you have to look at first and foremost is uh, how much time do you have to hunt? And how much time, uh, you know, do you have to devote, you know, bef- say before Christmas, before, you know, after Christmas and so on. You know, um, you may have, uh, you know, family time between Christmas and New Year's. So you already know that that's out uh, or, you know, what have you. So first and foremost, I would say, which time frames do you have to hunt? Or are you hunting in units that are fairly close to your house where you can you know, come and go quite a bit. Once you've established your timeline, uh, well, let's back up. In in analyzing uh, those December hunts, obviously you hear about them being called the December rut hunt, when in reality, uh, maybe the last five days and maybe in some of the northern units, uh, you know, like the 6As, the 23s, 22s, 21s, uh, you know, those units, maybe you're going to see a little bit more rutting activity or maybe like a 27 um, up, up, say, in the higher elevation country. You know, that's been a theory for years that, that a bunch of us have argued and, and, and discussed and what have you about. Um, but it, overall, they're not really rut hunts. But what they are, are pre-rut hunts. You've got uh, bucks that are uh, you know, as the month goes on, are more and more actively uh, thinking about um, chasing, you know, and, and looking for does to breed. Uh, so you've got a lot of buck movement. You've got bucks traveling uh, from, say, where they live 11 months out of the year uh, to, um, you know, the, their quote-unquote rutting grounds and or they're looking for where they found does the year before uh, for where they where they think does might be, and so you've got a period of time where bucks are really on the move. One of the bright spots about that is typically on that December hunt, uh, you can see quite a few bucks, and you get quite a bit of of buck movement. Uh, so you're in a situation where uh, y- y- you know. There, there's deer moving, and if there's deer moving, typically, uh, you know, you can you can see those deer, and 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 you know, they're they're more visible. Now, 
one of the problems with that haunt is the fact that when those deer are moving around so much, it's hard to keep up with them. So they're traveling from point A to point B, point A being where they live most of their life to point B being where the does are, and they get caught in you know what I would call like a transition zone or transition period in their movement cycle where they may not be hard to pattern or predict, meaning you may see a deer uh, one time and never see them again. Now the beauty of that, if you're glassing in such a place where if you see a buck, you can shoot them, uh, you know, it may be the best day of your life because you may catch a big buck that normally you wouldn't be able to find or would have very uh, little movement, uh, daytime movement patterns, and all of a sudden he walks right across the hillside in front of you. So, um, you know, choosing the time when you want to hunt, the, the, the beginning part of December, the first part of the hunt, you're going to have less deer movement. Uh, as the as the month rolls on, you're going to have more deer movement. Um, earlier in the season, if you're able to scout out a buck, uh, say in October, November, early December, there's a much like uh, much more likely chance that you're going to be able to get right in there and harvest that buck because he's going to be right there. But mid month, sometime during that mid-month they're going to start making their move towards the rutting grounds and that doesn't mean that they necessarily move and you know get somewhere uh where they're going to uh you know immediately start chasing does but they're they're actively moving in a zone where they're going to rut say in january and really get active chasing does so I would break your hunt down into, you know, what's your time frame? If I always tell people, if you have the ability to hunt from Christmas to New Year's, that's when the probably the best opportunity to see the most deer and the most bucks for two reasons. One of which we already talked about the rut. The second reason is weather. Normally later in the month of December that you get, uh, the more rutting activity that you get and um, uh, the more rutting activity means the more movement. So if you're new to coos deer hunting, you're gonna see more deer when they're moving. It's just kind of a, a, a simple thought process of, you know, the more that deer are on their feet, the better chance you have to see them, okay? So as far as picking terrain and country to hunt, I'm gonna tell you what I do. I like, I like, uh, finding big glassing knobs, big ridges, big high vantage points, uh, places that you can get to where you can see, um, you know, a ton of country. I feel like the more country uh, that you can see, the better chances are you can find a buck. Now, that's not always true for big bucks. Um, sometimes you have to really break down and really look in individual pockets, look in certain types of vegetation uh, you know, or terrain or topography, you know, whether it be flats or steep or mid-range country, um, you know, those big bucks, they, they kind of have, they like to go, they, well, they like to live where they don't get pressured as much, where people don't bother them as much, where they don't get jumped out of their beds as much. Um, and they also grow up to get big by living in those places where people don't get to. So when you're looking at uh, and this goes across the state. When you're looking 
four areas to hunt. If you are targeting or want to shoot big bucks, then you probably need to look in areas that are at least one mile from the nearest road. Now, and and or one mile from the nearest road and also uh, far enough away that someone can't just drop right off a road, get out to a high point and immediately see the buck. So in other words, you've got to get where those hidey holes are and those those canyons and those ridges that it's not easy for someone to get up with big binoculars and look across a big point and see a buck. You want to find those places that are that are hidden and they're out of the way. Um, you know, I've I've heard it said over and over too that uh, you know you, you've got on those December hunts you've got to find the does. Well, I'm going to say in those late December hunts. Yes, I would agree places that have does are probably going to have a higher probability to have bucks and those are those areas where the bucks are going to travel from and they're going to go to those areas that I call like the nursery where there's a lot of does and a lot of activity where bucks can breed and and find uh, receptive does. Now early in the hunt I think those big bucks are still going to be back in their hidey holes. They're still going to be back in that country that's not easy to get to. And most of the time, those big bucks you're looking for, you know, are four, five, six, seven years old. So, you know, the one, two, three-year-old bucks are typically going to be right out on the open faces. You know, sometimes you can stop right on a road, on a forest service road or what have you, and glass and and pick up a buck you know or six or eight bucks right off a main road normally you're not going to find those older age class bucks in that country one other thing you might consider is are you going to camp are you going to stay in a hotel are you staying at your house are you going to commute or are you going to backpack you're going to stay overnight well I believe that you have the ability to get into deeper country if you can backpack and if you can stay in longer and be in deeper and you know hike your butt off and then stop stay the night and wake up the next morning well you're already a couple hours in where it might take someone that's starting from either the trailhead or the road or what have you to get to your point well the further you get away from the roads, the better your chances of finding an older age class buck are. So, you know, and, and Tony's talking about it being his wife's tag. You, I've done a podcast episode on, you know, uh, taking people on their first hunts or trying to make hunts enjoyable. So maybe backpacking, depending on, you know, uh, your situation, maybe that's not the best case scenario. Or maybe you're not trying to shoot a giant buck. Maybe you're just trying to harvest a buck. Well, at that point, I think you can pretty much go to any trailhead uh, in any coos deer unit and have a really good chance to shoot a, a buck. Um, but if you're if you're looking for those big bucks, I would definitely recommend backpacking. I would definitely recommend um, you know if if not backpacking, walking for at least an hour with a flashlight in the dark and have your routes planned out on Google Earth or Acme Mapper or hillmap.com 
uh, or, 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 you know, the fill in topo program, which I use on my, um, on my iPhone and have your points that you need to cover in the dark and go from, you know, point A to B to C to D to E to F, uh, until you get to your glassing point and it's just breaking day. Now you're at a starting point where anyone else that starts hiking, uh, when it's sun up, you know, for an hour, they, they've missed that whole period of an hour when you're already right there on the deer. One other thing to consider, sometimes when those hunts in December, if you get real cold snaps, one thing to consider is sometimes these coos deer, uh, they actually lay down and they're not up on their feet when it's super cold. They're actually trying to conserve energy and they can actually conserve their energy better by laying down and not active on their feet. Like we always hear about Midwest whitetail hunting and back east where it's super cold this morning and the bucks are going to be on their feet. Well, their hide and their hair is much, much thicker than a coos deer. Coos deer are very thin-skinned animals. What we found, especially when we're hunting in January in Mexico, is sometimes they don't even get up till 8.30 or 9 o'clock. Literally the first couple hours of of, uh, sunup, if it's super, super cold, uh, they're going to be laying down and they're not going to get up. They're going to conserve their energy. So you need to, you know, kind of judge if it's, you know, say 32 degrees or warmer, then they should be up and moving. If you're in the, you know, in the, in the, uh, teen, uh, single digits or teens or you know 20s there's a really good chance that at first light they're going to be laying down until the sun comes up and then it's always nice sometimes in those real cold time frames to be glassing uh, when in those periods of time when the sun is hitting those hills and especially start looking really hard, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, and just look sometimes for those bucks to be just standing. They're not moving at all, and they'll sometimes stand for 15, 20, 30 minutes and never move. And look specifically on those sunny hillsides where the sun hits first, and a lot of times you'll see those bucks. Once the sun has had a little bit of time to kind of warm everything up, those deer will just stand and enjoy the sun. Uh, also on those December hunts and quite quite honestly with any coos deer hunting they can be very very finicky when there's some wind chop when there when it's windy a lot of times the deer will stay bedded until that sun is established until there's a little bit of warmth in the air and even then a lot of times in a wind they're gonna stay bedded they don't feel comfortable when the bushes and everything around them is moving I think they've been able to adapt and it's instinctive for them to, uh, you know, be wary of mountain lions and what have you, but be able to survive when the wind's not blowing. You add wind, which creates noise, that's going to make them uh, them, them uneasy. When they become uneasy, they're going to bed down. So keep that in mind. Do a lot of mid-morning, midday glassing. Uh, Tony, when it comes to picking specific country we talked a little bit about it but you know are you looking for a giant you looking for just a deer you know if you're just looking for a deer i'd glass a lot of south facing slopes 
you know, you can find young bucks, you can find does on those south-facing slopes, especially in December in the early mornings, those little bucks, those spikes and two points and small three points will be there. Uh, if you're looking for big bucks, I'm going to be in those thicker, nastier, uh, you know, haired over canyons. Uh, I may be way up high on a big glassing knob, glassing down into some Choya Flats or Ocotillo Flats, um, or even, you know, some lower deserty country. Um, I've done some podcasts with Jake Lindsay. I've done some podcasts with some, you know, Dwayne Adams, other guys that are really good and have, have a lot of experience cooster hunting. And the general consensus is like those big bucks either like, you know, super flat country where they feel at home and, you know, on the desert floor or they like that super thick country. So you're looking at manzanita, you're looking at thick oaks, you're looking at buckbrush, you're looking at all the different types of vegetation where they feel like they can um, hide. And, you know, sometimes the beautiful yellow grass slopes with, you know, a few spread out oaks, that's not where you're going to find a big buck. Um, when you're talking in unit 21, obviously there are no oaks there. There's a lot of, uh, you know, cedar country, a lot of, you know, um, uh, uh, pinion juniper, a lot of, you know, shaggy bark juniper, um, alligator juniper, uh, and then you've got, you know, your manzanita stuff in 21, and then you've got your desert stuff. I mean, you can find cooster all the way down in the, in the, uh, saguaro cactus, uh, and, and prickly pear cactus. So, uh, I would pick areas if you're hunting with your wife, uh, I don't know your wife, but I would pick areas that you can get in and out of fairly easy. Um, you know, you don't want to burn her out and, you know, go on a six hour, uh, ranger ride, uh, to and from, you know, and just make it real tough and dusty. Um, I would try and make the camp, um, if you're just truck camping, I would try and make a camp, uh, that is, uh, you know, comfortable, um, try and have a, you know, a, a, a heater of some sort, a heat source in the tent, um, you know, try and have some good food for her to make her comfortable, you know, if she's the super, you know, like hardcore type and wants to backpack, uh, then I would backpack, but I would carry more weight than she would, you know, try and, you know, bring a buddy that's going to maybe even out so she doesn't have to carry a ton of weight and uh, make sure that she has really good um, boots. Make sure she has comfortable clothing. Make sure she, you know, keep her fingers, her toes, and her head warm um, and she's going to have a much more enjoyable hunt. And um, that kind of, those are kind of the things that are right off the top of my head as far as uh, trying to give you advice on those December hunts. Uh, but there's a ton of access uh, points in Unit 21, you know, from, from head to toe, from top to bottom. Uh, find those big, big areas where you can glass a lot of country. Uh, find those areas where maybe it's a kind of a 30, 40 minute, you know, pretty tough hike. Uh, but then you can see all sorts of country. You know, if she can't handle the hour hike and you know after a day of that, you know, she's not going to want to do it, you have to kind of play to your strengths of the person that you're taking. And then the only other bit of advice I'd give you is make sure she's comfortable shooting the gun. Uh, make sure the gun's dialed. Make sure she's not shooting too big of a caliber. Uh, you know, make sure she's shooting something that she's comfortable with 
you know, and, and that um, she can put on an animal, you know, 300, 350 yards, pull the trigger, and the animal drops. Uh, don't have her shooting some big, huge caliber gun that, sh you know, she's going to be afraid of or she's going to be flinching or make a bad shot. Uh, and then make sure you, you each have good optics. And the more that you can get her involved in the hunt, looking through her own pair of binoculars, off her tripod and bring her into the hunt make her a part of the hunt the more she's going to enjoy it so tony i hope that answers your question uh guys i really appreciate your support uh with my podcast and i appreciate the support of the sponsors gohunt.com insider is doing a free trial period 30-day free trial uh, you can go to gohunt.com forward slash j scott that's all one word, J-A-Y-S-C-O-T-T, and sign up for that free trial. You get full access to the Go Hunt Insider. You can access all the stats, uh, all the harvest statistics. You can research all the different animals you like to hunt, all the states. Uh, I highly recommend it. Um, come find out what all the buzz is about uh, on the Go Hunt Insider. Also, Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. Go to Kuyu.com. Find out where the Kuyu Mobile Showroom is next. And I highly recommend going and checking out the trailer. They have every piece of Kuyu gear that's made in every size uh, and, and every color uh, and uh, every camo pattern. And you can go try it on, touch it, feel it. Uh, get a real good sense of what you're buying. Try on the boots. Try on the pack. See what size you are in the in the uh you know the chugach rain gear or or you know the the peloton 240 hoodie uh or the new rebel k boots uh also uh phonescope.com use the jscott 16 promo code you're going to get a 10 percent discount there uh and uh the outdoorsman's the optics authority cody nelson and his crew 1-800-291-8065 you get a 10 percent discount if you use the J. Scott promo code, uh, you can also go on outdoorsmans.com and order and get the 10% uh, by using the J. Scott uh, promo code. Uh, guys, thank you for your support. Uh, I'm here in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. My friend uh, Monty Parsons is up here fishing with me. Uh, we had a great day yesterday. Uh, a friend of ours at the fly shop uh, kind of tuned us in a little bit on what they were eating and kind of the structure and such to look for. Uh, we've been catching some nice Snake River cutthroats uh, and just uh, having a great time here. Elk season's about to start and I just uh, wish everybody uh, the best of success and hope you have great hunts and love to hear from you. Uh, if you have any questions at all uh, and you need any, any help with anything, uh, just uh, send me an email at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram uh, at jscottoutdoors. And you can uh, send me a direct message through Instagram as well. And I just appreciate every day I get a bunch of emails and a, bent, a bunch of um, responses and, and comments, questions from you guys. I love interacting. So keep it coming, guys. And um, let's get after them this uh, 2017 hunting season.